This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go, Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We start a new week here on Airline Drive. Welcome into Studio B with John Shazer today. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us as the NFL uh, season is now fully underway. Wish we had a better result for you from Arizona yesterday. The Saints fall to 0-1. But uh, tell you what, um, as far as entertainment value goes across the league, hard to beat what we saw yesterday. We're going to talk about the Saints game extensively today. We'll hear from a couple of different players, including Kenny Vaccaro and Marcus Colston. We'll also catch up with head coach Sean Payton here the day after their lid lifter against the Cardinals. Final score was 31-19. to I don't think the score is indicative of the way the game went. Uh, by all respects, I think it was closer than that. Um, and I think there were some positives to take away, and I certainly think there were some negatives that we kind of anticipated that kind of came to fruition yesterday. All things correctable, but John DeShazer is with us here in Studio B. Welcome home, sir. I know it was a late night getting back from the desert. No later than uh, than it was for you, probably later for you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we saw some encouraging things yesterday. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to jump off the Huey P just yet. So uh, I, I think um, there were some things to build on. You, you, know, you don't like that first drive, obviously. The Saints are making adjustments. But, you know, they, I think they made some pretty good adjustments throughout the course of the game. And uh, some of the things we saw are encouraging the pressure on the quarterback, not getting them on the ground, unfortunately. But uh, Cam Jordan spoke about that earlier today saying, look, you know, we take, you know, personal responsibility. If you get to the guy, you got to get him on the ground. Um, we saw some defensive um, penalties in the defensive backfield, unfortunately, with Delvin Bro. But I think when you hear Coach Payton talk about technique issues, those are things, those are bad habits you hope can be coached out of him because he's got so much ability. And we saw some of that ability. Uh, we saw some great coverage from Damian Swan, the rookie. And so you just imagine what's going to happen when Damian Swan is out there and, and Keenan Lewis comes back from injury. And Brandon Browner looked to be the guy exactly that they picked up as, as a free agent. Looked, he did some, some nice things yesterday. So some really encouraging signs. You certainly don't like the seven penalties for 73 yards. Uh, you don't like the turnover, even though I don't want to say it was a flukish turnover, but obviously you don't like to turn the ball over, and especially in a situation where you just created a turnover and to give the momentum back. Um, you don't like some of the defensive lapses, and certainly, you know, they're going to have to look at, you know, the ability to run the football. Only made 20 attempts, and, you know, after the game, Drew Brees said, look, I, I didn't think I – I really didn't realize I, I, I attempted 48 passes and we only ran it 20 times. Well, yeah, that's something that happened. You can't have that happen on the road uh, against a good team. That kind of imbalance usually does not lead to good things. And yet, you know, the Saints were in this game, you know, 14-13 and 17-16 and – and 24-19, so they were right there, and it's within grasp. So some good things happened on the road against a really good Arizona team. Yeah, the seven penalties, four of them belong to Delvin Bro. I just don't see that happening on a regular basis. No, I don't think so. I mean, again, that's one of the things that's going to be cleaned up. And I also think, too, that, you know, with the way this defensive backfield is going to play, uh, I think they're going to be extremely aggressive. They're going to play some man-to-man. It could be one of those situations where, you know, we always talk about NBA teams where, you know, they, you know, they just play aggressive and they foul and it's like, okay, are the officials going to call all of them? Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be like that with this defensive backfield, 
But I do see a lot of guys, you know, hanging real close with receivers. Uh, we saw uh, Kyle Wilson, unfortunately, also get a pass interference. Uh, so I believe we're going to see some situations where these guys are going to be real tight and some of that aggressive play is going to be allowed to go because they're being a- aggressive the entire game. It's interesting. That I forgot about the Wilson penalty because it came, it came after Burrow picked up his fourth. They put Wilson in at the same corner. And they immediately went back to that side. Look, I think it speaks to two things. One, they didn't go after Brandon Browner a whole lot. They picked on the other side. So now five of the seven penalties belong to Bro and Wilson, which obviously is going to get better with time, but also when Lewis comes back as well. That, that just leaves then, John, two other penalties. I guess I can live with that a little bit. Of course. And, I mean, and, and, and you know, to, speaking back to that, Keenan, Keenan Lewis said – earlier he said from the beginning I got to be in tip-top you know form because you know you don't want to be the guy who's going to be picked on they're going to pick on Brandon (laughs) he was like look they're going to be coming to my side and I got to make them not want to come to my side so you know that's going to be an issue unless that other corner holds up because again I think Brandon Brown is going to hold up pretty well but yeah if you're talking about those five penalties and the other two I think being offensive penalties and I think maybe on Jari Jari Evans a hold, maybe Twice. two holes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's a that's a fairly clean game if you want to put it in that perspective. I'll take that. Okay. Um, obviously, I thought that at times tackling could have been better yesterday. Um, and the offense's third down efficiency was way below what I think Drew Brees in that outfit once. Yeah, that was um, seven for 18 on third down. That's not what this team is. Uh, they're usually 48, 49%, you know, maybe 50 and a little bit above. So, yeah, to be 7 of 18, and, and it's, you know, Drew Brees said, you know, and sometimes it's not the 7 you make, it's the 11 you don't convert uh, because some of those 11 end up, you know, with you in position to where you can't punch it in for a touchdown. You end up kicking those field goals, and four field goals is wonderful for Zach Hocker. You know, if you win the game, maybe he's a special teams player of the week, but you don't want to settle for field goals, and I don't care who you are in the NFL. You settle for field goals, and the other team scores touchdowns. That ain't going to balance out. You're, gonna, you're not going to win that game. Oh, I know the Arizona people are sitting there thinking, we'll take field goals all along. And we've said that, too, with regard to the Saints defense over the last couple of years. Heck, if you only give up three, I take it as a defensive win. Well, Rob Ryan says, uh, you know, time and again, I don't care how many yards we give up. What Rob Ryan says is, I want to keep them off the scoreboard. So you'll, you'll settle for giving up a 60-yard drive, a 70-yard drive, if it results in a field goal, because that's something you can come back from. When you give up a 70, 80-yard drive that results in a touchdown, and all of a sudden, you know, you're a little dispirited, and now your offense has got to come out come out and, and, and respond to that. Responding to a field goal is a whole lot easier than responding to a touchdown. Without a doubt. Um, let me ask you this. Mark Ingram had a record-setting day, a career day, not record-setting, a career day in that uh, twice he set a new career high for um, – yards receiving on a particular catch. Kyrie Robinson had a career high, I think, five receptions. Both running backs were busy catching the ball yesterday, more than I can remember in a long time. Now, a lot of that is the dinking and dunking that you're trying to do against the Arizona defense. You mentioned the rushing attempts. By the way, there were only eight, I think, in the second half in its entirety. But how many of those routes run by running backs, in your eyes, count as runs or rushes of the football well I think a ton of them if you if you're throwing a screen pass or a swing pass that's a long handoff that that's not him you know going you know running down the seam and catching one 12 yards down the field and taking it that's taking a swing pass a screen pass behind or at the line of scrimmage for Mark Ingram and going 59 yards with it that's obviously does not go in the books as a rush but that is the, essentially a rush 
So, you know, the Saints can get a running game, and I'm glad you brought that, you know, mentioned that because they only run, they only, you know, quote unquote, ran for 50 plus yards. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to run the screen game and if you're going to get that kind of production out of it, that's the same as a running play to me. That's a long handoff. And if you can get that kind of production, that's exactly what you want. You want to be able to keep them on, on the heels. You want to be able to use your running backs, which is Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson, and they're able to use those guys more so in the passing game, in the short passing game, than they were in in the in the run game. Okay. Um, by the way, would you uh, what did you take away from? Where two other storylines we had going into the season. Number one, the offensive line, which was a little old and a little new. Would you take away from their performance? I guess with with Unger now as the center and and Lolito now as the the left guard. With Drew Brees attempting 48 passes, and I think he was officially sacked twice for a yard or something like that. Uh, so basically 50 attempts. I think they held up well, and I think they kept him pretty clean. And that's what you want to do, and, and that's what my, Max Unger's job is. He, uh, Tim Lolito, and Jari Evans on the inside, that's what they're supposed to do. Drew Brees, not the tallest guy in the world. He's six foot. you got to give him a clean visual area right there in the middle because he's also not a scrambling. It's not like he's going to bust out of the pocket and, and, and run for 20 yards. So I I think from that standpoint, I think Max Unger held up extremely well, and I think the offensive line held up extremely well because you're talking about a really good Arizona defense and you're on the road where the crowd noise can become a problem, and yet he, Drew Brees drops back 50 times to pass, and he sacked twice. Yeah, he sacked twice, but it's for minimal negative yardage, and he, and he throws for, I think, 350, 355. So from that standpoint, I think the offensive line held up pretty well. Another storyline that we were tracking yesterday was the debut of so many different guys. Not only just a Saints debut, but also an NFL debut. Like, namely, Brandon Coleman, Willie Sneed, Stephon Anthony, Kakaha. I could keep going down the list. We mentioned Delvin Bro and how that was a bit of a struggle yesterday. How many of those guys looked like they belonged in week one? I, I, would, I would venture to say all of them did. Uh -huh. I mean, you saw some good out of all of them. Kakaha forces the fumble. A guy I was really impressed with yesterday was Damian Swan. Damian Swan is not afraid to play cornerback in the NFL. He's not afraid to get up in people's jerseys or in their faces when he feels like it. So I was extremely impressed with uh, with him. Uh, Stephon Anthony, I thought, obviously made some, you know, some mistakes, some overruns. But, you know, we also saw him make some plays where it was like, you know what, this guy looks like he is a, a physical thumper who's going to be on the field and can be a three-down guy. And as an inside linebacker, you can't ask for a whole lot more than a guy who's going to be a three-down guy. Uh, Tyler Davidson, you know, even on the kickoff return, he's 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 aware enough to, you know, take it off his chest and, and scoop it up and get some positive yardage out of it. And a lot of times you don't want to see that ball in a defensive lineman or offensive lineman's hands on a kickoff return. But he maybe he's called a little bit unaware because it's coming at him like a like a rocket, and yet he's able to respond to it. So I think we saw a lot of good things out of, out of some of those young guys and some of those rookies and first-time guys. Didn't see a whole lot out of the undrafted guys, but uh, the draft picks I thought you know really showed up pretty well yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. Gosh, Willie Sneed's big play. Coleman's toughness on his touchdown, that was not an easy play. Yeah, Coleman, I, I didn't know he had that in him, to be yeah, honest with I you. I mean, either. to be a guy who's 6'6 and be able to, to hold his balance the way he was and then had a nose for the end zone at the end, and this is a guy who has not been in the end zone a whole lot in, in the NFL, whether it's preseason or anything else. You know, he's probably been in there in OTAs and minicamp and training camp, but not in the actual game situation. So for him to have that kind of awareness and toughness, toughness to be able to get in there and get to the pylon I thought was really good for him because you know he had a pretty uneven preseason I would say uh, and then he kind of came on a little bit at the end and you were wondering okay how much of this is because he's playing against twos and threes and how much of it 
It's his ability. Yesterday it was his ability. He got open for some passes. He made some catches. If the Saints would have won yesterday, would it, be, would it have been an upset? Well, according to the odds makers, yes. But, I mean, I, I don't think within their locker room it would be. I mean, these guys are pros. They expect to win. And, I mean, they're ticked yeah. off when they don't. And especially when you got a quarterback like Drew Brees is thrown for as many yards as he has, these guys don't go in not expecting to win. They go in expecting to win under any circumstance. So I don't think to them it would have been an upset. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to gain perspective. Do you know where I'm going with yeah. this? I mean, but yeah, because you you're on the road against a really good team. Really and good I, and team. I, and I, yeah, <laughs> I mean a really a team that's 13 and three at home over the last two seasons. So this ain't exactly chopped liver. So you go into their place where crowd noise has been a problem for a lot of people. You go in with a really, really good defensive backfield. You go in against a front seven that's known for rushing the passer and an offense that, when it has Carson Palmer at quarterback, has shown they can score and they can move the ball. So now all of a sudden the Saints are in a game, a tight game in the third quarter against this team. So from that standpoint, it's an upset because the Saints have many, many, many more unknowns than the Cardinals do. Yep. And with that, Yet the Saints have have to be better on some of these issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of this stuff's got to be cleaned up. They got to clean up that defensive backfield. And I understand. I mean, one play, uh, one play, they declined what two penalties against Delvin Bro to accept one, or declined one of his and one of somebody else's to accept one of his. So that can't happen. The, the penalty situation's got to get cleaned up. The red zone situation has to be absolutely cleaned up. And so certainly, and the running game's got to be better. I mean, so you got to have balance. You can't you can't exist with Drew Brees taking forty eight you know, 50 pass attempts per game, and they won't, but you certainly know that that's not the recipe for success. John Deshaies, is your co-hosting with me today here on the Black and Blue Report. We're back in Studio B on Airline Drive. We'll take our first time out. When we come back, we're going to hear from a couple of the players. Uh, fresh stuff, exclusive stuff with Kenny Vaccaro this morning in the Saints locker room. We'll also look back to yesterday and uh, get some post-game thoughts from Marcus Colston. Still to come, though, head coach Sean Payton, his Monday morning thoughts. Obviously, he's watched the film now. And uh, we'll hear from him. And then our final segment, John and I will look back at some of the headlines from the NFL weekend and get you set for Monday Night Football tonight. Stay with us. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, I wanted you to hear from a couple of the players and specifically maybe some of the stuff you have not heard already across the uh, various platforms, uh, you know, covering yesterday's football game. Uh, so uh, here's a couple of um, sound bites or interviews that uh, you may not have uh, listened to yet. One of which is Kenny Vaccaro that we just recorded a short time ago in the Saints locker room here on this Monday morning. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro speaking about yesterday's game and how that translates here into week two. Kenny, Mondays are, Mondays are always interesting. Never, never is as good as it seems, never as mm-hmm. bad as it seems. What's Monday feel like today after yesterday's ball game? We hadn't watched the tape together yet, but uh, after watching it on the on the plane, I felt encouraged uh, as far as the defense goes. That obviously, I didn't watch the offense, but um, I feel a lot better walking off that field this year than last year versus Atlanta. That's a really uh, good comparison. You know, week one last year to week two this year. I tell you what, to open against an offense like you saw yesterday, that's no easy uh, feat either. No doubt. I mean, they're a playoff caliber team. They got a um, good quarterback, a lot of weapons. I thought, I man, I thought we played good, man. We had we had penalties here and there. Um, we got to get cleaned up. We had really not too many balls go over our head. What was our main goal? Um, Cardinals are the number one deep passing offense in the league last year. We didn't have anything besides those penalties. Got to get cleaned up. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned the penalties on the on the bad side. You mentioned mm-hmm. on the good side, not letting anything go over the top mm-hmm. of you. Give me a couple other bullet points on both sides that that you saw that whether they can be easily cleaned up or there's got to be something more to it. Um, on the long run, at the end, the game kind of got away with us. We just got to get the guy down. Uh, on the tight end, Damian Swan got picked. Um, it's a deal where we got to be in. We got to talk about it. But other than that, bro, I thought the defense played fairly well. But um, got to create more turnovers. When uh, they matched our turnover that we created, we got to get more turnovers so we get drew the, uh, the ball. When Damian got picked on that play that went to Fells like that, mm-hmm. what, what can you do as a veteran to help him understand or be more aware of that scenario? Um, I mean, I think he was prepared. They just gave us kind of a different look. We hadn't seen it all. And we really didn't know exactly how to play that formation. Do we point combo it? Do we, you know, it was a deal where, all right, we weren't, we didn't talk about it at all as a unit. I was blitzing off the right edge, so I didn't even see exactly what happened, but I watched the tape and saw it. So, I mean, he'll get it correct. He's a smart player, and that's why he had a successful game. Two rookie linebackers started yesterday. What'd you think of them? They did good, man. Um, I felt Steph's energy the whole game. I think he has a lot of leadership qualities. Um, he was, he was, he was talking to us like he was a vet. I like that's what I, I don't know exactly how he played, but uh, as far as his demeanor and his attitude, I liked it a lot. No doubt, when the front guys can get pressure on the quarterback, it makes you guys behind them a little more effective. It seemed like as the game progressed, that got better. I don't think it's where you want it to be, but did it get no, better? It got better, but we got we got to, we got to hit. We had to hit Carson Palmer. We knew against pressure, he struggled a little bit coming off of the knee. I'm still a good quarterback, but. Um, we knew we needed to hit them. We watched a couple teams get pressure on them and balls were ending up on the other team's hands. So uh, we knew that would cause turnovers. But we got a little pressure, but we got we to keep hammering that. Kenny, does losing in week one hurt more because you work so far through the offseason that you finally get to that game and then there's an inherent letdown when you do drop the first one? No, no, not, not honestly not. Just because, like I said, walking off that field last year versus Atlanta, it was kind of like, we're lost a lost feeling like where are we what do we fix type yeah. feeling guys are running free guys are wide open this this is not the same feeling this is a okay we'll get to the tape we'll make our uh, corrections and we'll move on in college football they talk a lot about how the biggest improvements are made from week one to week two does that does that apply at this that, level too? that applies in this league also yeah. um because i mean like i said bro Browner didn't play in the preseason um bro missed some games i didn't play at all really mm-hmm. in 
Bird's coming back. We still got two two of our best players haven't even played yet, CJ and Bird. So I mean, we we our, our, and we got a lot of young players. So our best football is ahead of us. Home game will help too, won't it? Oh yeah, no doubt. I'm ready to rock in the dome. Thanks, Kenny. No doubt. So obviously that's the perspective from the defensive side of the football. From the offensive side, uh, don't forget that the entire Drew Brees press conference from yesterday's game, or the after post game rather, uh, is at NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, one one guy that I did want to catch up with yesterday, immediately after the game, was wide receiver Marcus Colston. Uh, Colston, obviously, um, you know the veteran leader of the wide receiver core, also involved in the turnover that happened yesterday when the ball was thrown low one off of his hands and was intercepted by Arizona and kind of swung the momentum back to the Cardinals, who obviously went on to win the game. But here are a couple of thoughts from Colston in the postgame locker room. When you look at the way that you were able to move the ball and get toward those scoring opportunities, is that kind of a rhythm that you were able to finally get into as, as opposed to a clunky type of game that Arizona can cause sometimes? Yeah, I think we were able to find our rhythm at times, and then, um, you know, on other drives, we weren't able to to, uh, to finish it with with points. So, um, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, try to continue doing the good and, and correct the bad and keep it moving. Marcus, how did the game change as you guys got closer to those scoring opportunities? I know that's a whole different sequence of plays and room and everything else to work with. What changed specifically in those opportunities today? Well, I think the drive in the, uh, the third quarter, I believe it was, the, the turnover, you know, it was huge. Um, you know, it was, it was a time I think the, the momentum was starting to shift and, you know, we had a chance to go down and take the lead with that drive. More player sound is yours at NewOrleansSaints.com and, of course, through your Saints mobile app. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Saints head coach Sean Payton with his Monday visit here after we continue on the Black and Blue Report. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. We continue now on the Black and Blue Report with head coach Sean Payton. Uh, the Saints head coach speaks to the media on Monday, looking back, of course, on the Sunday game. Uh, that, of course, uh, always comes after film review and some hindsight. So here now uh, I want to share with you a very, I thought, uh, a very educational and candid conversation between the head coach and the media today. Sean, you had so many guys make their NFL debut yesterday. How did the look? What, 
What stood out? Well, like you'd expect. I thought they, the younger players with effort and energy, there's a lot of little things that need to be cleaned up just on the tape. Um, I thought overall in the kicking game we were solid. Um, I mentioned yesterday I th thought Hawker obviously played well and uh, for his first start. Um, but the, the main thing were, were the, the specifics and, and not just defensively or in one specific area, but when you're, when, you're, when you're coaching after the first game, we're in a race you know, to make the corrections. You know, the fundamental part of it I think is important. You know, the alignment, technique, uh, recognition. I, I, thought, I thought the look in their eye and their energy was good. Um, listen, and I'll say this, uh, there's a handful of veterans that, that, that had similar issues. And uh, so I thought, by and large, the young guys did pretty well. Talk about one of those young guys, Delvin Bro, did have three penalties, but he, had, he still had a pretty sharp game, I would gather so. He had the right look in his eye. Uh, and, and look, we kind of seen it from him all throughout camp. Now, that being said, we passed that five-yard point. I mean, there's some uh, significant penalties that, that affect us. And so we've got to get that part of it cleaned up, and I'm sure that uh, he's smart enough to do that. He said in the CFL you can just keep jamming. He said he's got to get that out of his system, where in the CFL you can hit past five, ten yards there and still kind of got to work to get out of the system. Yeah, and look, it's a transition, no different than the college game to our game. So we've got to get that done quick. Speaking of young guys, Swan's a guy that maybe didn't anticipate playing a lot when you this early when you drafted him. What, what did you see out of him last night? Um, he's smart. Uh, I think technique-wise, uh, he does a pretty good job. I think when we get into some zone coverages, um, you know, we probably he probably excels a little bit more in the man-to-man. -man. Um, he rallied, made a big play on a, a third down stop, uh, and yet there's some alignment things. You know, we, we got some bunch looks, uh, some stack looks, some tight formations that can that can stress you a little bit in your man coverages, and, and that's some things that's part of what we need to clean up specifically with him. Chance to evaluate um, the red zone work yet, and how you want to address that this week? Well, it's it's a point of emphasis. Uh, you know, we enough opportunities down there. I think the the first and second down snaps are critical. You know, we ended up converting under fifty percent on third down. The numbers, the the first thing that was alarming is how many third downs we had in the game. You know, it was a seventy some snap game offensively, but you know we were north of fifteen third downs, which is a little high. Uh, so that, that tells you a little bit. Uh, our yards per carry in the running game uh, wasn't what we, we had hoped for, and we understood we were playing kind of a run-heavy front, but, but that's something that, uh, that has to be better. Coach, why is the screen game here so effective? I mean, obviously you have Pierre, and now it seems like it, it might just be interchangeable parts. Well, I, I think it applies some weeks. Some weeks it's more difficult. Um, you know, you put the screen reel on each week, and you might look at six games where a defense has defended some type of a screen play. And, and there's some weeks, you know, we don't see that opportunity or they defend them well. And I think Arizona creates problems with, with their rush patterns, you know, for the back to actually get through the line of scrimmage. Um, but both Mark and Kyrie, you know, had a couple opportunities and, and made some plays. Um, but that can vary week to week. How much more valuable does Mark become because he's able to execute in that part of it? Well, he's smart, you know, and generally the first, one of the first traits you're looking for is some 
awareness, you know, because there's some moving parts, you know, and being able to adjust to a stunt or some line movement when it's man to man, you know, how to how to put the defender on the on the guard. You know, there's some nuances that take place. Those are some of the traits that Pierre obviously had, and, and I think Mark does as well. Looking back at the decision to punt with 158 left, was that a close call on your side, or did or how? Talked about it. We had time, um, so it was close enough to where it was discussed, and yet, you know, we felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, I think again, you get back to, you know, really at that mark with two timeouts. Um, you know, had it been a little bit closer down, you know, yardage-wise, we probably would have. Uh, considered going forth there if it was you know fourth and two or three I think that really is what played what did uh, you do about the about the red zone other than to continue to work on it I mean, a... well it's look it's you know week one and uh, you know, typically we've been a pretty good red zone team we get you know it starts with the efficiency on first and second down you know and the emphasis are you okay? With I mean, you know, there's no magic wand. You got to work on it and mm-hmm. improve it. But, but the fact that you that you have, you know, you have some inexperienced guys, guys who don't have that, that much experience. Do you think that's kind of a? Well, I think. Listen, I think when you play young players like we are, they're gonna they're gonna get acclimated to those areas of the field. You know, I was real encouraged with Coleman's play. Um, you know. Generally, that confidence comes from having it happen in a game, you, you know, and, and I think a play like that for him is a big thing, you know, to come out of a tackle and, and end up, uh, you know, getting in the end zone. But we just got to continue to work on it, you know, after this first week and and uh, really pay attention to the first and second down chances once we get in there. And, and, and that's the same for me, you know, really looking at the sequences. You know, I second guess myself all the time about, First down call, second down call, that type of thing. Obviously, Jimmy was a big weapon in the in the red zone. Did you mm-hmm. anticipate having more difficulty this year in those situations because you didn't have him? Well, when you lose someone like him, that you know, it's not one player that replaces the touches. Usually, it's a handful of players. And so, um, yeah, I mean, when when that takes place, then we've got to find it and and still look to to have success though. When um, that's something we'll do. Sean, you have to preach to the younger players, those 14 guys played yesterday the first time, that it's only one game. You just move on, get going in the next game, watch the film and move on there. Because you struggled in the preseason, struggles last year. I know it's last year, but kind of get that mindset that it's, it's going. Yeah, I, I think there's enough. This team's an entirely different roster from a year ago, but it's, it's more the now, and, and the key is making these corrections. You know, the, the urgency to improve. Is 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 today, right now, you know, and then taking that to Wednesday's practice, and uh, from week one to week two, you know, you, we've heard it said a lot, but I, I think the early portion of the season, and you know, it can happen with a with a week one win where you're not paying as close attention to the things that that are showing up on film, even though you won a game. So we've got to be smart, look at, and pay attention to the. The specifics, the fundamentals, and, and uh, alignment—all of those things that you don't want to see happen again—and end up, you know, costing you in a game later in the season. In terms of uh, having space in the in the red zone, in relation to 
got a Coleman or Snead. What's kind of the learning curve for understanding what they need to do in that area? I think uh, I think that can be fairly quick. I mean, look, the, um, the throws are more contested, um, depending on what you're seeing defensively by scheme. You know, generally there's a there's a style of teams the teams want to play in the red area, the tight red inside the 15, and then it, you know it's understanding how we want to attack it when we're throwing the football, um, and then what we want to do in the running game. Josh Hill wasn't targeted yesterday. Can you make more use of him? Yeah, I think we got to look. One of the things that takes place after the first game is there's a handful of players that you know we got to make sure that balance between Josh and Ben uh, is a little bit better. Uh, I thought overall between Ingram and Kyrie was pretty good, uh, but there, there's a handful of positions where maybe the number was high with one player, low with another. That's something we have to look at, and that, that's one example. Is there anything about the next game being against a team that? coming off a really terrible game that that you're wary of <laughs> well our focus really our focus has to has to start internally right it has to start with with us and then when we get to Wednesday the scouting report and the the type of uh, defense and offense and special teams that they have but it really uh, it really has to be with within these walls and our team right now you talked about I guess sense of urgency Everybody tends to lose to the young players, the new players. Do you find yourself having to be more patient, knowing that this is the biggest roster overhaul since you got here? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's in it's the first, it's the it's the first week after a regular season game where, um, you know, you're in there right now and and you're coaching and uh, look, it's a good young class. I mean, I I, I like their the look in their eye today was good on game day. You know, every once in a while you don't get that, but it was really good. Um, but it's not just the young guys that, like I said, that have to make this transformation week one to week two. You know, there's enough on tape where there's a handful of veteran players that uh, that it, it needs to get better than what it was yesterday. The defense got their hands on a lot of passes that they didn't come down with. How much, how important is it for them to finish those plays? Well. We, we had a couple opportunities. Brandon's was tough because it was so quick out of the I mean, there's probably about six yards difference between where the quarterback was throwing it and where, and it just kind of came up on him. But uh, but later on the deeper throw, um, you know, we just got to, you know, keep contesting those those balls. Um, you know, it's some of the uncontested throws that, that make you pull your hair out, hair out a little bit more on third down. Um, that would be, you know, just, just looking at it. Um, any thoughts on protection? Um, you know, it's the first game with the uh, new center and new guard. Um. I, I thought inside the pocket was good. That was a point of emphasis. I, I thought on the edges a couple times in the second half. Um, we had a play right before halftime, you know, where he was hurried. And it was, you know, Coleman's drop, but it was thrown a little bit early. Uh, but I thought uh, for the most part, it was. we tried to make sure we looked at the tempo of our throws, and, and certainly there was a plan in which we wanted to attack their defense. Uh, you know, it, on the road, that's that's one of those teams that can really, early on, if you're not careful, swing that momentum. And so part of it was really just being smart and understanding the field position, um, you know, kind of eliminating the turnover. And we had the one on third down, you know, that kind of, kind of 
creamed off of Marcus's hands and up into the air, but uh, we felt that was going to be an important number for us, and it, it always is, but against that defense, uh, it was going to be critical. You know, a few years back we played them, and, and they weren't nearly as talented of a team, and we ended up, you know, coming out of there with a loss and, and looking at that game, and although it was a different team, certainly different head coach, the mistakes made in that game were ones that we wanted to avoid. I assume he wasn't on your radar, but as a former quarterback, did you watch tape of Winston last year when he was entering the draft and just kind of thought? Yeah, we would, we would have covered him thoroughly, and uh, we were at pro day. Um, you know, he's extremely talented. He's got a real good arm. He's got kind of a moxie to him. You could see where why they've won a lot of games, why he's won a lot of games in both high school and college. So, absolutely. Uh, I sat literally five yards behind him at his pro day and watched, you know, 90 or 100 throws. Um, it was easy to see why he was going to be selected high and and the same with, with Marcus Mariota. I mean, the, uh, you know, he, he's, he's won a lot of games. I haven't seen any of this tape yet from yesterday, though. All right, there you have it. We'll hear from head coach Sean Payton again on Wednesday when the Saints go back to uh, their uh, full schedule and get ready for the Buccaneers this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We'll wrap things up on this uh, black and blue report in a moment. Uh, Some general thoughts about the weekend in the NFL and about those two games tonight that still have to be played. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. All right, great show today. We've uh, really, I think, have done a good job of diving into yesterday's game against Arizona, and tomorrow, obviously, we'll begin the process of looking forward to a home game. Yes, indeed, against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John DeShazer with uh, myself, Sean Kelly. We're getting set to wrap up Black and Blue Report today, but first, John, I tell you what, it was a pretty wild Sunday in the NFL. What were, what were your some of your, your takeaway headlines there from Week One Sunday in the National Football League? Well, well for me, there's the three if I can remember all three of them. Seattle giving up a, a boatload of points, which doesn't happen to that defense. So maybe, uh, maybe Cam Chancellor looks a little bit more valuable to them all of a sudden because because St. Louis hung I think 37 on them. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen to that defense. So, you know, that stands out. Um, the Giants losing that game. Eli Manning, you don't expect that out of a veteran quarterback to, to basically lose track of, of the clock management. Uh, that w- is totally unexpected and I'm sure unacceptable. And Tom Go- Coughlin, God bless him, you know, do- dove on the sword 
But uh, everybody knows it was pretty much Eli's, you know, mismanagement. And Eli pretty much admitted it was his mismanagement. So you don't expect to see that out of a veteran quarterback. And then you got the number one and number two pick. You know, the quarterbacks going against each other. And Jameis Winston looks a hot mess. And Marcus Mariota, everybody's ready to put him in the Hall of Fame after the first half. So, you know, those things have a tendency to balance out. But certainly you didn't think it would be that lopsided because you're talking about two teams that were essentially dog teams last year, Tampa and Tennessee. And for Tennessee to basically, you know, you know, put the foot down on them, uh, I can't say what I really want to say. But to, but to do that to them, you know, that was a little bit unexpected for me. Yeah, and now we'll see Tampa Bay this coming weekend in, uh, in New Orleans. Uh, let me add a couple more. Um, I thought Kansas City was pretty impressive out of the mm-hmm. gate. No doubt about that. And uh, Buffalo – Rex Ryan's debut, and I know he's got that defense, which was already talented before he got there, put the smackdown on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that's another one you don't expect to see. You expect to see Indy be a little bit better than that offensively, but if if Buffalo's going to play like that, at home at least, and, and defense travels, you can carry defense anywhere you go. If they're going to play like that, man, look, they, they're going to be a they're going to be somebody you don't want to fool around with. No you doubt, wanna, you don't want to have to see them. Well, no doubt. By the way, the J E T Jets, Jets, Jets also won yesterday. The entire AFC East is now one and zero. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the NFC South is not matched up schedule wise with the AFC East this year? Well, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out so well against the Central last year either. So you <laughs> the know, North. Really, yeah, yeah, the, the North. North. I'm sorry, yeah, the North. It used to be the OAFC Central. I'm, yeah. I'm showing my age there. Yeah, against the North. So uh, hopefully, uh, the, the Saints will be able to clean up against uh, who? Who we got this year? Out of what? Uh, the the uh, AFC. Which division do we have? The South. Yes. Yeah, we got the AFC South. So yeah, hopefully we'll clean up better against the South than we did against the North last year. Um, but yeah, that that. That's pre- that's going to be a pretty good division. Everybody said it would be, and everybody said Buffalo could be an actual legit challenger to New England. Now we'll we'll see what happens okay. seven eight weeks from now. I agree. You know, but week one, you know, everything looks good. Speaking of that division, the Saints are mashed up against notable losses. They're obviously for the Colts, as we mentioned, but also the Houston Texans, who got uh, manhandled by the Chiefs. We already kind of mentioned that. We're not done yet. Two more games tonight. Uh, it is Falcons Eagles, which may be the marquee game of the night. Vikings and 49ers otherwise. Any thought come to mind before we wrap up today about those two games? Yeah, um, first, uh, go Eagles, I guess. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and the uh, the late game, I, I'm not going to say anything about it because I'm probably not going to be awake to watch it. Uh, so, uh, you know, but, yeah, I, w- I, really, I really do want to see what the Eagles do. Now, Atlanta had an awful defense last year. And just because you get a new head coach doesn't mean all of a sudden your defense is going to be transformational. But you want to see what – uh, Quinn can do with Atlanta's defense because, you know, he came from Seattle, uh, so maybe he can put these guys in better position or maybe he can get co- coach them up a little bit. And, you know, but the flip side of that is Philly had, you know, Philly won the uh, Philly won the preseason Lombardi uh, from from what everybody's saying. So, you know, 4-0 and and just kicking everybody around, but it was preseason. You know, you don't get nothing for that. Last I checked. So it'll be interesting to see if Philly can carry over to the regular season. All right, enjoy the ball games tonight and enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Daniel Sowerson will be hosting. Hey, fantasy folks, Jake Seeley's back tomorrow and a whole lot more. We're going to talk some Pelicans, it looks like, too, on the Tuesday edition of the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Our thanks to J.D. today, obviously. Kenny Vaccaro, Marcus Colston, head coach, Sean Payton. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.